this is Dr. Natasha Bergertz, and I am giving you an update on kids and the COVID vaccine. I'm recording this on June 16th, 2021. We have to remember how COVID started to understand and appreciate how it is going. So if you remember back in January, when we were at the peak of our COVID pandemic here in the United States, we were at about 275,000 cases of COVID per day, making the United States map on covidactnow.org red hot. As of last week, we are decreasing into medium low risk zone. Vermont's doing the best. Congratulations, Vermont. And we're down uh, nationally to about 13,000 cases per day. Next slide. Part of this uh, improvement, of course, is because of the COVID vaccine and its delivery over the past few months. This graph is from Bloomberg and John's, using Johns Hopkins data showing that we have given a little over 300 million doses in the US, about a million doses a day. At this rate, we will reach 75% of the population protected in about five months. Worldwide, we're at 2.1 billion shots in 178 countries, and that it's going to take us about a year to get global immunity at that rate. So what this all means is that things are looking really good for the vaccinated. But of course we have an important population that is under vaccinated and that is our kids. Next slide. We have to remember that it's not over yet. The rate of COVID disease is remaining very high in unvaccinated individuals. This was from Dan Keating from the Washington Post who showed when you pull out the unvaccinated cases or COVID, COVID cases and unvaccinated folks, it's still at the same uh, level that we saw in January. Thankfully, there's fewer deaths because the elderly population is highly vaccinated. But another population that we're closely watching is our kids. Our kids need protection and rates in unvaccinated children are climbing as our restrictions are lifting. So since the beginning of the year, we're starting to see an increase specifically in teen admissions. Nearly a third of the kids who have been admitted or requiring ICU care. Interestingly, that's the same as adults. So if you're an adult going to the hospital, about a th you'll have a one in three chance of going to the ICU with, with COVID-19 disease. And we're about 22, 23% of the cases in total in kids. And I think that is because the virus finds a way. Like the virus's job is to multiply and it needs bodies and live uh, live bodies to do that. And so it's going to go into the places where it can breed and grow. And that is the unvaccinated pop population. So this isn't that surprising. Next slide. Earlier this month, uh, the AAP reported numbers in kids, very low risk of significant illness for kids and COVID. We've had about 4 million cases and a little over 300 deaths. The challenges, of course, are that death and hospitalization are not the only outcomes. The long-term effects of this disease are not known. Certainly have some kids that have long COVID. We're dealing with persistent symptoms. I've had some kids with significant academic decline, mental health issues, uh, and some kids who had stopped their athletic performance because they couldn't recover after COVID. Uh, the EU data shows that in 6 to 16-year-olds who have gotten COVID-19 disease, they have at least one symptom for more than 120 days, most commonly for fatigue or uh, mental slowing. And it's important to remember that kids harbor and can transmit the virus, and the pandemic is not going to be over until children get immunity. Next slide. 
Here comes our mRNA technology that we're all very familiar with. It's very uh, highly effective. We have real world data that's showing 94% protection in vaccinated humans. Reactogenicity, we're very familiar with now, most common side effects being soreness, fatigue, headache, chills, and fever. That's what we're seeing in adults and kids. mRNA science is certainly new, but it's not unknown. We really have been developing this science for decades. Uh, really in additional vaccine, vaccines and other cancer therapeutics. I think we all need to get comfortable with this technology because of its efficiency and effectiveness. We are going to see more of it. Uh, and as you know, we certainly have emergency youth or authorizations for Pfizer-BioNTech for 12 plus. Moderna is currently 18 plus, but has submitted for EUA to the FDA. They actually had a larger trial than the original Pfizer data, and uh, but still showed 100% protection in uh, vaccinated adolescents. Next slide. But what about, right? Because there's always something to talk about about this, and this is going to continue to be something we talk about for the coming year. Next slide. So what about myocarditis? Currently, there is no causative association between the vaccine and myocarditis. You can get all of the details at one of my prior letters. However, I do expect this to potentially change. Since the initial reports in May and really earlier in the year, there's been over 400 cases of myocarditis that's been after vaccination in people under the age of 30. Now remember myocarditis is a inflammation of the heart. Uh, the, vast, the vast, vast majority of these people are being treated commonly outpatient with uh, anti-inflammatory medicines or some observation in the hospital. Um, the symptoms are fatigue, uh, chest pain, shortness of breath, uh, palpitations uh, for people that suffer from myocarditis. This is also a summer thing. We see this after summer illnesses and summer viral illnesses, and that rate we know is climbing because people are out and about and getting just normal illnesses, and this is most commonly seen in males. The challenge is that currently, uh, for the doses that we've administered, the observed reports of myocarditis that are currently being investigated are above the expected rate of myocarditis that we should have during this time. The CDC is actively investigating this. This is an international investigation beginning with cases that they saw in Israel early this year. And on June 18th, the ACIP is going to be meeting to, dis to discuss the possible association with these vaccines and the rare side effect of myocarditis, we will keep you posted. Um, the next thing people are talking about is Delta. Delta is one of the variants of concern. All of the variants of concern are uh, more contagious or more lethal, combination of both. Delta is what the EU has been struggling with. Fortunately, currently, the vaccines are protective against variants of concern after two doses. Uh, the challenge with Delta is that one dose of a vaccine, one dose of the Pfizer vaccine specifically, is, is much less effective than getting two doses. And it is worth noting that variants of concern can often evade natural immunity. And that is why, even if you've had COVID disease, getting the vaccine is still important for you. And we'll keep you posted, of course, on other variants as they come to pass. But there, there will be more and there will be many. 
Um, a brief reminder about the myths, uh, mRNA vaccines do not alter your DNA. It is biologically implausible that they affect uh, fertility and they are not expected to have long-term side effects. The side effects of a vaccine happen within six weeks of vaccine administration. And that is why people are watched for two months and then subsequently two years for any additional problems. So we have not, don't expect and have not seen in the past any miraculous long-term changes that happen years after getting the vaccine. That's just kind of not a thing. But since bad news goes viral, that is a very common concern that the anti-vaccine industry likes to perpetuate. Next slide. So what can parents do? The first thing that I recommend is even if you don't want to get your kids vaccinated or if you are hesitant to get your 12 plusers vaccinated against COVID, get vaccinated yourself. Consider that risk for yourself because throughout this entire pandemic, COVID has been shared in the home. COVID is shared in close spaces. And so especially with um, families who have multi-generational households or households with big kids in them, and that by, by that I mean high school kids or high, high school athletes, the parents, getting protect, the parents getting the vaccine is protecting the entire family. The second thing I'd recommend is to please be patient. For families that have kids that are vaccinated and kids that are not vaccinated, your pandemic is over kind of because some of that risk stratification and that and that mental gymnastics is kind of going down but for for families that still have unvaccinated littles in their house we still have to have some other means of risk mitigation as we're going into high risk situations within our community uh, the third thing is please follow your sources, please fact check before sharing, please read beyond the headlines. As we continue to get more people who are getting vaccinated, there's going to be more incidences of, ch of challenging headlines. And we want to make sure that what we're reading is accurate and not inflammatory or poorly represented. So please continue to follow the sources that you trust. And then finally, please ask questions. Ask questions of your pediatrician. We are here, we are just, we continue to get inundated with COVID and COVID vaccine news every day and we're here to share it. What's next? Vaccine for the littles. Vaccine for the littles will likely be coming this fall. Dose studies are ongoing. The, the bottom line for the billion doses that have been given is the safety is good and the littles will just need less. They have squishy new immune systems that are very reactogenic, and so they often need less of the trigger in order to get a good immune response, and that's what we're waiting for. We anticipate this fall, um, September, for our uh, elementary school age kids, and then they will continue to be debates of the risk cost benefits since kids are not having a lot of serious illness. So this debate will continue. And what's next? Uh, who knows? You know, we, we, we need to continue to embrace uncertainty. We need to still have flexibility. We still need to remain calm. If we've learned anything over the last 15 months, it's that things can change at any time. So we make the best decisions and spread the best information that we can based on data and evidence. And then we move on. We remain alert, but not anxious, and we're going to expect more myths, we're gonna expect more variants, and we're gonna expect more vaccine news because that's certainly what's coming. Next slide, finally, you know, remember, 
you can find a shot near you by texting your zip code to, to get vax, G-E-T-V-A-X. You can search specifically for Pfizer vaccine for your kids that are 12 plus. Keep up to date on your guidance, CDC, Healthy Children, COVID Act Now. Those are places that I'm turning to routinely to get some information and to keep everyone updated. And of course, we will continue on together.